Florida Chapel, come on, make some noise for the Lord. Give him your best today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can be seated. Chapel, how are we doing this morning? Man, I'm so glad to be here. Chapel in the lobby, make some noise. How are you guys doing out there? Yeah, they're out there. Hey, listen, we know it's crammed. We know it's warm. We've got another location launching this fall in Mosley. We're so excited about. And we're actually building a building here. If you just, I mean, we know that that gravel lot is like the most hideous thing. There's going to be a building there one day. So we're just so stoked about that. It's going to be an incredible fall. Thank you guys so much for your generosity and for just bearing with us as we make some room and prepare to just take in so many more people in the coming weeks and seasons as the fall kicks off and families return from summer things. It's just going to be the most explosive season ahead. And like they said, don't forget, this Wednesday is First Wednesday, and there's nothing better than First Wednesday. It's so explosive. It's so big. I cannot even wait to be all in together in the room. Last First Wednesday, we had fireworks. This month, we're going to be indoors. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be hot. We're going to love it in here. So be here. Make plans 7 p.m. right here this week. Now, motion conference was this weekend. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. We had over 700 people registered for motion conference. I'm telling you, this room, like... Oh my gosh, it was electric what happened here. We had five different speakers. We had breakouts. We had so much Chick-fil-A. Like Chick-fil-A was falling from the ceilings. Like it's unbelievable what the Lord did, how he moved. And I just want to thank everyone who participated in Motion Conference. If you like served on the Motion team, you were a small group leader, you helped behind the scenes in any way, can you just raise your hand? We want to recognize you. Come on, make some noise for them. Because Motion Conference can't happen on, their, on our own. It takes a village and then the town around that village and then the whole city and the mayor to make Motion Conference pull it off. It's so, so good. I, I can't tell you, like, I just have so many wins, so many stories about what God has done and what he's begun to do and how students have begun to put some things into motion since this past weekend. I, I just, I just want to thank you for your generosity, for believing in the next generation. I want to also thank our pastor, Pastor Brandon. Come on, make some noise. Pastor Brandon and Katie for running this house and just believing in students and empowering students to make a difference. I'm just so grateful to be here. Um, my name's KJ. If you don't know, I'm the, I have the privilege of being on the team here on the students team, uh, and I, I love it. Uh, and I was hanging out with students yesterday. I was on stage, uh, and I realized yesterday was July 29th, and um, when uh, that, I was thinking about a year ago, how July 29th, my daughter actually turned one month old on July 29th last year. And we were at Motion Conference. It was day two last year. And uh, she was here, her first ever Motion Conference at a month old. Uh, and she was in the, her little stroller. She was over in that corner and just seeing everything just be absolute pandemonium and just didn't know what was happening. Uh, and I was here yesterday like, wow, that was a year ago today? I can't even believe that. Like, how fast time flies. Like, I have kept a baby alive for a year. And I'm really, I'm really proud of that. I'm, like, so stoked about that because, like, that's pretty hard. But you know what's harder to keep alive than a one-year-old? Plants. Plants are pretty hard to take care of. And those of you who are parents, like, you get it because you're, like, taking care of kids that can be like, I'm hungry. I've got baseball practice. I'm like, I lost a tooth. Plants can't tell you that. They just die. By the time a plant tells you it needs something, it's already too late. And then you missed it. And then you got to start over or just throw it away. Or I don't know. You can like try and water it and flood it and wreck it. And it's, man, I'm telling you, 
I don't know one millennial who can keep a plant alive. And I'm a millennial, and we can do a lot of things really well, better than anyone, actually. Like, we make avocado toast better than anyone. It's true. We actually also use the internet better than anyone. We actually know how to use the internet the correct way. And we also can, uh, we buy pets we can't afford and move into homes and apartments that we'll never be able to afford. Like, we're professionals at that. But keeping a house plant alive, keeping a plant in your yard alive, forget about it. Like, it's not happening. There's like a disconnect there. I don't know what it is. I'll never be able to explain it. But it just exists. We are not great at that. And it made me think about a story in the Bible about sort of that same thing, where Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. And it's also known as the parable of the four soils. And so I wanted to read that with you today um, because this applies to everyone in the room, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a parent of a teenager, or you're like so thankful you're not the parent of a teenager. Like this applies to all of us in this room because we're all gonna be able to identify our lives as being one of these four soil types. It's actually found in three of the four gospels and I'm gonna be reading from the gospel of Luke today and it says this. Jesus is speaking, it says, one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that gathered from many towns to hear him. He says, a farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. And this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So Jesus, help our ears to listen and help our minds to understand this parable, your word, your truth for us today. We block out all distractions and we're just here for you today, Lord. And it's in your name that I pray, amen. So oftentimes when Jesus spoke, he spoke in what's called a parable, which takes a really complex thought, something super profound and kind of like makes it simple for us, you and I, to be able to understand. Because you and I think we're super high and lofty, but we don't really understand a lot of things. The mind of God will never get. So he knows that and he makes it a little easier for us to digest little nuggets. And today, we're gonna, we're gonna dissect each of these four soil types so you can look to see exactly where you are and where you fit into this story. And I wanna kick off and let you know that soil represents your heart. The soil represents your heart. So maybe you've been a Jesus follower for years or maybe you've been a Jesus follower for just a couple weeks, a couple months. And so this is still kind of new to you. And I wanna ask a question to the whole room, online, Scott's Edition, the jail, before we get anywhere else, I think the answer to this question will help determine how the rest of this message goes. And that question is this. What is the condition of your heart today? If the soil represents your heart, what's the condition of your soil, of your heart today? Is it hard ground that's like not open to receive the work of God? Or is it soft? Is it easy? Is it turnable? Is it open to the work of the Holy Spirit? Sometimes I hear people say that the Bible's confusing. Uh, and so they, they say, oh, it's because it's confusing, they don't want to spend any time in it. I hear that a lot from students. And what I really feel like they're saying is, I, it's just, I'd rather not put in the effort. I'd rather not put in the work that's required to like actually read this and to get into it and to dig deeper into it. And so to just say that it's confusing gets me, it's an easy out. 
And I, I'm about to show you how that doesn't work with this parable. Because Jesus is about to just word for word explain to us what he means by this parable. He's actually, it's like an open notes test. The words, the answers are right there in front of us. There's no like confusion here. And it's pretty, this, this, this parable is pretty simple. You might've read this and you're like, okay, I get it. But it's, it's confused, it stumped the disciples. Like, and I'm so thankful for them because sometimes I'm the kind of guy who needs the extra illustration. So I'm so glad Jesus is like, oh, okay, I thought, I, I thought this would have made sense to you. Let me, let me break this down a little bit more. So that's what Jesus does. And he says this, the seed represents God's word. The seed represents God's word. Don't take my word for it. <laughs> Jesus says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. <laughs> so like, there's no arguing with this. Like it's, this isn't multiple choice. It's just bam. Like it's, if you don't get this, like the Bible isn't that confusing. It can be, no doubt. This is not one of those times. Like this couldn't be easier to understand. Jesus says the seed is God's word. That means it's God's written or God's spoken word in your life. That's the seed. Throughout the course of your life, seeds have been sown. They've been planted and they've fallen on the hearts and soil of everyone here, everyone listening. So let's look at it. Let's break it down. Let's look at soil number one. Soil one, seed one, fell on the path. Jesus says this, the seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message. That's us, that's you and me. Only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. So it's like this. It's just on a hard ground. Nothing can really happen here. Even these seeds are just dancing when they hit the ground. They just bounce around. That's what Jesus says soil one is like. It's like an asphalt path. It's like a sidewalk. It doesn't get planted. It just exists. It's just there to be stepped on, trampled, messed with, blown away, scattered. Now, here's the reality. Ready? This might step on some toes. Some of you are here today. Some of us are here this weekend. And we'll leave church and choose to live like we were never here. Because Sunday is really easy. We can lift our hands and we can praise the Lord. But then Monday through Saturday can be pretty tough. And we choose to live a, a life that doesn't reflect like we've actually been here. We live a life that's just like, you know, seeds that were sown on Sunday or truth that we know or things that we read. It's just falling on hard ground and it's not actually getting planted in here. And then Monday through Saturday, we live like this is the soil of our life. And if these seeds are just here and they're just exposed and they're just one by one, snatched up by birds and trampled by feet. Birds, Jesus is so smart, even the birds represent something. They represent the devil. The devil's a seed snatcher. I have a bird, I have a bird feeder on my window in my living room. It's like one that suction cups on so that Celia can like be at eye level with it and see birds coming to it. My cat loves it. And uh, they, the birds just take seeds out of there every day. Like I'm filling that thing up every 42 minutes. Like they're just eating it and eating it and eating it and eating it. And they just one by one remove it and remove it. And that's what our lives, that's what happens in our lives sometimes. Seeds been scattered. You've, you've attended small group. You've gone to church. You go to freedom group. You're in this thing. You're in that thing. You, you're in this Bible study. You're a part of this ministry, whatever. But if it doesn't take root, then it's just sitting out around on the sidewalk, on the surface of your heart. And it's not growing. It's nothing's happening to it. And it's also being snatched away by the devil who would love for nothing more than for you to just give up 
and not believe and not be a part of it and not experience it and not fully commit and not really believe and take it in root in your heart that this is real and that what happens at church can apply to your whole life and that moment that you've had with the Lord is like something that is really tangible and really something that can carry you through the days of your life. It's just, nope, it was just a worship service and nothing more. That was just a prayer moment, but it doesn't actually matter because all religions go to lead to God and all faiths are the same and Jesus and God and it's all just made up and why... You can give up on what God has for you and you can give up and you can just choose to believe that what's, what the life that you're living is what's best for you and you give up living and experiencing real life and real freedom that Jesus alone can give you. He hates that you're trying to grow. He hates that you're trying to like mature your faith. He hates that you're taking the steps necessary to mature as a Christian. Instead, he's just like, you know what? Just leave him here. Just leave him here. Don't invest in him. Don't plant him. Don't grow them. Just you're good enough as it is. And can I say that the devil isn't the only seed snatcher? No, no, no. We have a lot of those. Some of us have seed snatching friends. We have seed snatching friends who are like, why do you go to church? Don't you want to sleep in? Well, I mean, you actually, you, you guys do sleep in and you go to church. So you guys are great. Check. You know, sometimes it's like, why do you serve at VBS? Why do you take your kid to homeschool? Why do you do this? Why do you guys choose not to watch this movie? Why do you guys do this thing? Why don't you choose to do this? And all the while, you got seed snatching friends who instead of helping you grow are actually pulling you down and they're taking those seeds that have been sown in faith and they're just making sure that they don't grow into anything and they add confusion to your life you also might have seed snatching habits and behaviors things in your life that you do in private things that you do in your life that you're just like you know i probably shouldn't say this thing i probably shouldn't do this thing i shouldn't act this way i shouldn't go to this place i shouldn't treat people this whatever it is and all those things are just seed snatchers. I know the truth, but I'm not applying it. I know the truth, but I'm not doing it. I know the truth, but I'm not believing it. And all the while, over the course of your life, all these seeds that have been snatched end up in a big pile. And you just end up sitting on them. And you end up sitting on these seeds that have just been sown in faith over your life over the course of many, many years. Truth that it's undeniable. That you're just like, you know what? I'd rather not do the hard work of investing in planting these because it's just a lot to take on. And it's so much easier to just sit on these seeds and not do anything with them because it requires zero work. Laziness requires zero work, zero effort. Gardening, planting is the only hobby that comes with a kneeling pad, okay? Like no other thing is like, hey, you're gonna love it. It's gonna bust your knees. You're gonna get your hands dirty. Here's this comfortable inch thick pad that's gonna do nothing. You're gonna spend time in the sun, in the heat, with bugs, but you're gonna love planting things. No, planting these seeds that have been sown in our hearts takes a lot of work. And what it looks like is people don't really wanna do it. And it's much easier to just do this and just, well, I know the truth and I, I've got it all and I'm good. This isn't gonna grow into anything, it's useless. Seeds over there are useless unless they're planted. And we wonder why God feels distant, why God feels silent, why God feels absent. It's because we've been sitting on seeds that have been planted in our lives and instead we haven't invested in them. We've just been watching them sit on the surface and do nothing about it. Are you sitting on seeds today? Is that the type of soil of your heart? That's number one. You never actually act on what you heard because you forget what you heard and you pile it all up and you don't do anything about it. Is that where you are today? Soil two, it fell among rocks. Jesus says in verse 13, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message. That's you and me. 
and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. Maybe that's you today. Actually, maybe it's you tomorrow because you believe for a while and then you fall away when the going gets rough. Shallow soil. Let me tell you something about shallow soil. There's no such thing as sort of committing. When, when seeds are sown in shallow soil, they kind of grow and they kind of don't. And that's, that's the same with us. When we're in shallow soil, we kind of are like, I'm kind of doing it. But then like, I'll dip when it's convenient. I'll stop when it gets too hard. I'm gonna kind of do it a little bit when it works for me and makes me feel good, but then I'm also just gonna like give up when the going gets rough. Let me tell you, there's no such thing as sort of committing. That's the opposite of commitment. Commitment is the opposite of sort of committing. Like you can't do both at the same time. You can't jump into a pool and stay dry. Like no one's been like, jump, wow, you'll never believe it. I'm totally dry, not wet at all. No, you're either in or you're out. Shallow roots thinking is kind of like a sidewalk where it grows in the crack. That's why Roundup is still in business because of shallow roots. Because it's just like, and you can just pull it out. It's not really in, nothing's really happening. And you just throw it into a pile and you throw it away or burn it or whatever. This is shallow roots thinking. When you're just like, I'm kind of in. Like, look, I'm growing, but nothing's really happening. You're not gonna really... Wow, look at that. It's like eight feet tall. You've never seen a weed just do that in the crack of the sidewalk. Why? Because the roots are are shallow. Shallow roots thinking. You know, as someone who's been following Jesus for my whole life since I was six years old, I will tell you that following Jesus is the best life. Like it truly is. But it does cost you something. It costs your way for his way. Jesus says in Matthew 16, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. If that's you this morning, it's time to make changes. It's time to get out of the shallow roots. It's time to get out of the shallow soil. It's time to get out of the rocks. No more waiting. You're not waiting for some perfect moment. Why? Because right now is the perfect moment. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. You can have a life. You can get out of the shallow soil and spend your life truly trusting and knowing and treasuring Jesus. I wrote this down. It's not enough to just know that there's a God. That's shallow roots thinking. And so many people do that. Millions of people do it. Anyone can do it. It's another thing entirely to place your faith, your trust, your hope in Jesus. That's deep roots thinking. Seed three fell among thorns. I love this one. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And this is the kicker right here. They never grow into maturity. Some of you are living what you would call your best life surrounded by thorns. And thorns choke like weeds. They, they invade, they restrict, they oppress, they stab, they prevent. And you've grown this way for so long that you might not even realize or recognize that that's the life that you're living. And you're disabling yourself. You're truly just disabling yourself from achieving the spiritual life and maturity in which you desire. Because yes, while you're growing at the same time, you're also allowing the day-to-day cares and issues of your life to dominate your thinking and your worship. And honestly, I see a lot of students in this type of soil. Many teenagers live here, many teenagers don't. But I will say this, 
More is caught than taught. I believe a lot of students who might find themselves in this soil learn it from their parents. And that's not like a mean thing. It's a, hey, we've got a job to do. Because we, are, we cannot let this generation achieve their life in Christ by looking at us living in thorns in our soil. We have to get out of there. We have to stop allowing our worship to be our worry. We have to stop allowing our worship to be our reputation. All of these things. We elevate so many things in our lives, the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life to dominate our worship and our attention and our adoration. And they're all just thorns. All of them. It's all thorns that are restricting growth and restricting and prohibiting true spiritual maturity. And students are looking to us to see what that life in Christ looks like. And more is caught than taught. So they're seeing like that lived out. And they're like, oh, so this is what it looks like to be a Christian. And this is what God's best is for me. And I would say it's not. I wrote this down. You prioritize what you idolize. And students are paying attention. And they're looking to us as the next generation to be like, you guys are telling me about this life in Christ, but I'm seeing a bunch of people that just look miserable and don't want to do it. And they have a lot of thorns in their lives and they just let them stay there and they just deal with it and just accept it. And that's how it goes. And that's not how it goes. And I'll remind you of this. Thorns and seeds do grow together. Jesus tells us that. As you pursue Christ, you're going to experience conflict. You're going to experience opposition in your growth. The question isn't, will you grow? Because it was planted in soil. It wasn't planted on the path. That's not really going to grow at all. But because it was in soil, it will grow. Check this out. In Philippians, it says that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. The question isn't, will I grow? The question is, will I allow the thorns I'm surrounded by to limit my prohibit or limit and prohibit my growth? Because the thorns are going to exist. Remember, he says, Jesus says in Luke 8, 7, other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it. They grew side by side. And they choked it out. They choked out the tender plants. So it's going to come. So instead of being surprised by it, be prepared for it. And have a plan to get them out of there. When you see those thorns choking out your life, man, I'm like really consumed by worry. That's a thorn. Get it out of there. No gardener is just like, you know what? These are fine. These can stay. I'll get them later. No, you get them at the start before it gets out of control. Those thorns have got to go. And whatever that is, whatever that thing is that's suffocating and snuffing out that plant growth, imagine if they're gone and that plant just goes, wow. You might achieve that spiritual growth in that life that you never even knew, thought, dreamed was possible if just the thorns were removed. If just the weeds were pulled out and nothing was left to get in the way, it's just straight up to the top. Seed four fell on fertile soil. Jesus says this, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Now, the buzzword here, the million-dollar word in this scripture right here is patiently. Patiently. See, we're great. We're great at hearing God's word. Got that down. We know how to do that. Hearing God's word, not a problem. Clinging to God's word, I would say we're decent. 
Again, evaluate. Do you know those verses that get you out of the storm? Do you have those scriptures memorized? Do you know that go-to song that's gonna remind you of the truth found in God's word alone? Do you have an action plan for when temptations come? Do you cling to God's word or do you cling into some other thorn, right? But waiting patiently, that's an entirely different thing altogether. Most of us hear God's word, we cling for a while, but then we lose patience when we don't see any results happening immediately. Or we don't get the results we want. Or we, or we don't want to wait anymore. We're just like, you know what? I'm done. And then the clinging stops. And then we even stop listening to or for God's word. Why should we? Why should we keep listening? Hey, okay, fine. I planted these seeds years ago. Okay, fine. I prayed these prayers for years, for months, for weeks. Nothing's happening. So why, why should I? Why should I? Why should I keep going? The going is tough. This is exhausting waiting. Patiently waiting for a huge harvest? Are you kidding me? What am I supposed to do? Just continue to just deal with this? Is, why, why hasn't anything happened to me? Why hasn't my situation, my circumstance changed? Why is everything just the way that it is? Like, am I doing it wrong? Am I praying the right prayers? Like, is God just not listening to me? Hello, what is wrong with me? And we give up, we lose patience, and we throw in the towel. Listen, all the while, the seed is doing exactly what the seed is supposed to do. But because it's underground, we don't see it. Because it's underground, we don't see it. And since we don't see it, we don't think anything's happening. Who can relate to this? Has anyone, has anyone relate to that? Because I want to know who I'm talking to and who I can leave alone. I, I want to reach to you right now because I'm fired up. I need you to listen to me. I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to quit and let go and drop off when the going gets tough because you're like, you know what? Being a Christian's too hard. I don't want you to quit because you feel like you're not as far in your walk as the person sitting next to you or that friend you have. I don't want you to give up on me. You better not. You better not quit. When you see someone else have a more spiritual experience that you wanna have and since you haven't had one, you're like, okay, okay, whatever. Like, this isn't working. I'm doing it wrong. It's not happening. Like, however, and meanwhile, all the while, these seeds have been planted correctly and they're invested correctly and the grower is taking care of it. And if we let the one who did the sowing do the growing and we get out of the way and we let him just do what he does, man, what if you just dug out that plant the, right before it was actually gonna do something? And you just throw in the towel. You're just like, you know what? I've been praying for years. I've been dealing with this for so long. And I hear it. And I'm at church. And I'm Mr. Ministry. And I'm Mrs. Ministry. And I get it. Like, I'm involved in all the things. And I'm not seeing anything come out of the ground. So tell me. Like, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Why isn't it happening? Like, am I broken? Is God listening? Is he distant? Is he not paying attention to me? And I would say, hey, no, 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 no. He is. And it's, it's happening where you can't see it. Stuff's going on below the surface that you and I don't know about. And this is why Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, so let's not get tired of doing what's good because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I love the Bible. I love it because he doesn't say, and right when you expect it, or a month later, or really soon after, so just count on it. Nope, at the right time. Well, when's that? It's the right time. Whenever it is. Whenever it happens, it's the right time. And it's a harvest of blessing. So don't get tired and don't give up because it's too great. Because what's going on underground is too great 
for you to just abandon and just leave to die. You have to keep going at it. You have to keep sowing those seeds. You have to keep being purposeful and intentional and letting these things go down because the Lord has a great harvest of blessing for you if you don't give up. Don't give up. Hang in there. Keep taking care of it. Keep sowing seeds in faith. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Keep trusting. Keep believing that the Lord is working at just the right time. Oh my gosh, it's happening. Like something came out. Like it's true. Speaking of a harvest of blessing, Motion Conference, we had 31 students and young adults sign up to get baptized this weekend. Come on. If you're signed up to get baptized, you want to head on out towards the back? If you're signed up for baptism, come on, make some noise for them. So proud of you guys. We're celebrating with you. That's a harvest of blessing. Chapel, what's the best way to not give up on your faith in Christ? Students can tell you, what is it? Put your faith into motion. You put your faith into motion. And hey, we need to do this. Why? Because the next generation's looking to us. If we're not doing it, why do we ex- why, how could we expect them to do it also? It's not about doing more. It's not about doing more things. It is just about doing something. Like just doing something with your faith. So you're not just like James says, where you just hear the word and you disregard it and you forget about it. And it's like when a man looks in a mirror and forget what he looked like. That's what motion's about. Hearing the word and doing something with it. You know, Psalm 92 is what motion is all about. It's like what the verse that it's built on, in case you're like, why is it called motion? Now, check out this verse and look at all the imagery and all the plant and life kind of references that are in this verse right here. It says this, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit but they will remain vital and green. They will declare the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. Listen, transplanted in the Lord's own house, there are students, there are people in this room and you recognize, all right, I found which soil type I'm in. I'm in one, two, or three and I need to get to soil number four. I need to be transplanted from soil one on the path. I need to be transplanted into soil number four from the rocks. I need to be transplanted from soil number three with the thorns into the fertile, good soil where the Lord is and where I can grow to full spiritual maturity in Christ. And that's what we're doing with motion. We're transplanting students into the courts of our God in soil number four. And you can do that too. You can take a next step. Motion's all about next steps. We never leave a motion night. By the way, if you're new, motion night's every single second Wednesday, right here, 7 p.m. It's our monthly large group gathering for students. It's all about taking a next step. And so I wanna leave you guys with some next steps today so that you can put your faith into motion as well. First is this, get planted in a group. Man, our group semester is just about to launch. Not in teenagers, I'm just saying our church, church-wide, group semester is about to launch. And if you've never led a group before, we'd love to train you. We'd love to equip you so you know what to do so that you can do that for people who are looking to get plugged in somewhere. If you'd like to uh, join a group, you go to chapelgroups.com and you can see the directory of all the amazing groups that we have to get you involved in community, to get you transplanted from these terrible soil types to a great soil. 
Man, I'm, I'm just telling you, being in a group is one of the most important things you can do for yourself, to transplant yourself from a bad situation to the best situation. And, and maybe you're like, I'm gonna start a group. You should, I'm nervous, do it anyway. Because there's someone in this room that would join your group if you started it. Maybe they're looking for the one that you're feeling the Holy Spirit leading you to. We've got trainings all throughout the month of August. It's gonna be amazing. Get in a group. Get planned on a team. Man, do you know you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others? It's true. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. Serve others. Man, I'm telling you, I see students serve on teams all the time. And I see them when they're maybe in one of these soil types. And just by the simple act of serving, it transplants them from there to here into soil number four. And their lives just take off. And their whole temperament, their whole attitude, their whole persona changes just by serving other people. You want to make a real difference or have a real difference made in your life? Serve. Serve other people. There's a million teams here for you to jump into. We'd love to help you serve and achieve your potential by serving and giving back and leading others to experience the true freedom and maturity in Christ that you have found so that they can find it themselves. Last, get to 21 days of prayer. I'm telling you, there's nothing like 21 days of prayer. To end the summer strong, to start the school year strong, to start your day strong, to start your week strong, to lead your families and your kids to be a great businessman or woman, to go to your workplace, to do whatever it is that you do to start your day focused on prayer. And I'm telling you, I think it can daunt, be daunting for some people to be like, oh my gosh, an hour of prayer. It's really not a full hour of prayer. The service is an hour, but it's like 20 something minutes of focused prayer. Anyone can do that. And you can pray in your seat, walk around. You can have someone pray with you, pray over you. We've got prayer guides to guide you and lead you. Man, I'm telling you, 21 days of prayer can change your whole life. Three weeks of concentrated effort on prayer. Wow, that can transplant anyone from soil one, two, three to four. And finally, get baptized. And 31 people today have decided to take that step and let you all know that they're moving from the rocky soil. They're moving from the path. They're moving from the thorns into the good fertile soil to achieve all that God has for them. So I want you to know, I want you guys to make the most noise. Like you think you're being loud, you're not being loud enough because they need to know that you care. They need to know that you see them. They need to know that you're proud of them. And we are because I tell students and leaders this all the time. Revival isn't coming. Revival is already here. So why don't we stand to our feet and respond in worship and watch these baptisms and celebrate with the rest of heaven.